it's because I'm a mother, but I know what's wrong with my kids just by the way they cry. I know if it's hurt feelings or anger. I know if it's jealousy (laughs) or if they actually got hurt. My kids, God bless them, inherited my overreacting (laughs) and dramatic response to almost everything in life. But I know this because I know them. And for their entire lives, I've been with them, present and becoming students of them. I can also tell what my husband is looking for in the fridge by the way he opens it and sighs. And I can tell him the blueberries are on the second shelf behind the leftover rice. Spending time with them and just being with them. I know them. I know these four people better than anyone else on the planet because there's no one I spend more time with. And the Trinity is the same way. I know the footsteps of Jesus and the cool wind of the Holy Spirit and the hand of God. I, I know the way God's shoulder feels and his chest feels because I've leaned up against it so many times. We've just spent time together. And so they're familiar to me. And I don't say that to brag or to appear somehow super spiritual. I think in a lot of ways, my life demanded a closeness with them that I couldn't ignore. And they saved me. And I wasn't always thankful for that, but I am now. The closeness and the familiarity, it's available for everyone. And you don't have to go to Bible college or be a pastor or be a Bible scholar. You also don't have to go to the depths of trauma to know this. You you just have to be available. Some time ago, I sort of gave God this per- perpetual yes. I made an internal decision that I would wake up and say yes to him. Whatever he was doing or asking, it was always going to be a yes. And so I live in a state of being interrupted and it is awesome and totally inconvenient. Listen, I'm not saying that every time he interrupts me, I do what he says because I'm selfish and think I know better. And I'm also not saying that I am just listening to God all day long, just sitting at the the foot of his feet and or sitting at his feet and just like looking up at him. I'm not waking up and falling into my Bible and then praying for an hour before my kids get up. I'm not listening to sermons all day long and memorizing Bible verses. I'm I'm living I work full time and I have three kids and a husband and friends. And oh my gosh, I just got the Discovery Plus app, which means I have hours and hours of uninterrupted HD TV to watch. God knows me and he knows how my mind works. And so I've gotten used to when he interrupts me and he is kind to me and he is patient with me, even when I dismiss those interruptions. Listen, He interrupts me when I am driving my kids to school, when I'm making dinner or cleaning my house. He interrupts me with a question or a word, a picture or a song, and he invites me. And really, he like woos me into time with him. And because I have committed to this yes, I almost always let the interruption take me away. A few years ago, I was mopping our floor And it was springtime. I had all the doors and windows open. It was just beautiful outside and the wind was coming in. 
And as I entered the dining room with my Swiffer steamer, I wondered what could possibly be stuck to the floor that was blue and gooey and like maybe it was a half-eaten jelly bean that had been spit out and stepped on. I heard God say to me as if we were already in a conversation and he was making a statement of fact. He said, you know, Trace, you can't be mad. To which I obviously responded madly. What? What are you talking about? He said, you can't get mad. And I said, mad about what? He said, you can't get mad that you didn't have all of this on earth. And it was almost like in my mind's eye, in my spirit, I saw him revealing this sort of like Costco size warehouse and in it were blessings and answered prayer. And it was like he was on the prices right. And he had his arms and hands gesturing to some of the bigger blessings and healings. This big storehouse was huge and it was filled with things that I couldn't even fathom were possible on earth. I was like, what do you mean I can't get mad? And he said very clearly and a bit cleverly because he knows I can be kind of a turd and he was about to like show off, which I love about him. He was going to surprise me. He said, Trace, when you get to heaven and see everything that was available, but you never had, you cannot be mad because you never asked for it. In a strange competitive act, I threw down my Swiffer sweeper and grabbed a piece of paper and pen and just started writing. It was like I was given a challenge and I was sort of excited and a little pissed off. I started writing writing just like bullet points of what I thought were pretty big asks, things that I thought were possible to pull down from heaven and have here on earth. I was about eight lines in and I get the Holy Spirit sidling up next to me. And I'm not kidding you. I think the Holy Spirit had gone into my pantry and got a bowl of chips. And between eating one, he looked down at my list and said, yeah, Trace, those aren't big enough. What? He said it again. Those prayers, those asks, they're they're not big enough. I sat there for a solid 30 minutes, just furiously writing until I couldn't even consider anything else. The room was silent and still. The wind was perfect. It was just breezy. My kids were playing outside on the trampoline. And I looked at my list and I thought I had made a pretty comprehensive and outstanding list of things that I was going to ask for. And I had this thought that when I ended up in heaven, it was going to look like Walmart did like four minutes after the pandemic started and all the toilet paper was gone. That's what heaven would look like because it had been emptied out. And with pride, I looked at my list and basically thought that with this asking manifesto, I alone would bring heaven to earth with what I would pray for. And there he was again, sidled up next to me, eating chips. The Holy Spirit looked over my shoulder and he says, that's pretty good. But you know, half of those don't even require faith. And you could do most of those with the authority you walk with already on earth. Oh, I was so irritated, (laughs) but This is so like the Trinity. They, we, we're familiar with each other. And I like that about us. 
there's no condemning and they never invite me into something without the confidence of knowing I can rise to meet them. And even though I was irritated, I sensed the joy that the Holy Spirit had in calling me up to a higher place, inviting me in to see something from a new vantage point and a new way of thinking. You know, sometimes I think we get afraid to just ask God for the brilliant things of heaven because maybe we have shame attached to the sort of silly or mundane things we ask for. But I don't think God is qualifying or disqualifying our desires and requests based on any kind of holiness or some level of maturity. I I think he just wants us to start asking. I think he likes the conversation. He enjoys the dialogue because he's good. He knows that questions and process, interruptions and thinking and conversation, that's where revolutions begin. And so there's never a wrong ask or a menial question. They are all just the beginnings of getting to know each other, to trusting each other. His desire is for heaven to come to earth, for radical and revolutionary love to be released for all of his children and and for his children to know they belong. I mean, how else is that really communicated if not through relationship? And so he interrupts us. And he speaks to us in a way that we understand. He uses language that makes sense to us. And he invites us in. He invites us into a revolt. He challenges our routine in order to release more of the glory he put inside of us. God has no ego. And he delights in us. And he delights in Jesus. The Trinity has this like unending yielding to each other. They're always pointing to the holiness of the other, pointing to the greatness in each other. And they're they're doing that with us. We were created by God. Life breathed into us with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit actually dwells in our very like cellular makeup. They speak to us to awaken the holiness within, the greatness that they weaved into our DNA. They want to see us fully alive because when that happens the light that's revealed it makes the darkness run and hide i think that maybe the ultimate act of revolution is a restored human the way to war against darkness is to be fully present to the light of the world and to become attuned to the light within us so my life of perpetual yes to Jesus and interruptions, it's my way of agreeing to this act of war. When God invites me to ask, it it jolts me from my small thinking and into kingdom thinking. You know, it's just something more. I mean, just the act of asking releases us in our posturing and positioning. In so many ways, we become like children when we ask, and there's an openness and curiosity that is alive in us. I think maybe the origin of asking is awe and wonder. Most of the time, I'm asking God for things, you know, hopes and dreams, desires, and I'm usually asking him things that revolve around me. My asks are a lot of the time just selfish in nature, but Sometimes he asks me something and it shakes me out of the narrowness of my thinking. The things he asks me end up undoing 
the twists in my thinking and making the way straight. He has a way of inviting me into a new way of thinking that challenges my natural neural pathway that I've agreed to. And he asks me to have a new thought. Here's the funny thing about my list. It went from sort of insignificant things to major moves of space and time. And I think it landed right where it was supposed to. Here's a few. I'm honestly a little embarrassed to reveal these, but whatever. Um, When God invited me to ask to empty out the storehouses of heaven, I'm not even kidding you. This was actually the first thing I wrote down. (sighs) Okay. This was bullet point one. I want you to make me not like cake so much and enjoy working out and find joy in sweating. (laughs) That was an actual real ask. Like in some way I was like, yep, that's absolutely in heaven. And God wants me to make that come down to earth because that'll really make a difference here on earth. Okay. The second one was I wanted to be a good mom. And I asked God to be one of the most patient people that had ever lived. Which even as I was writing that one, I was like, I don't really want that. Okay, so the first try was way longer, but God knew there was more. (laughs) And I think there was another place he wanted to take me. So here's some from my second try. Uh, The first one was I wanted to raise people from the dead, which if you have heard any of my podcasts, you know that I had a daughter who died And this one's really important to me. And I actually contend for this. I I ask for it quite often. I ask that the Lord would allow me to pray over someone who has died and that they would come back to life. Another one I asked for was I wanted to walk into a room and because I'd been so saturated with the love of God, that people would be freed from depression and that they would be filled with God's everlasting love and that like his love would be released in them like a hundred times more and that it would happen when I hugged them. And that's how like his goodness and his love would get transferred to them. Just in case anyone thinks I'm a heretic, I don't want anyone to freak out about this one. I'm not trying to think that I am Jesus. Uh, He did say we could do even more than him. And there was a disciple who people walked in his shadow and they were healed Okay, here's another one. I wanted, I want the city I live in to be filled with healings and miracles and for there to just be like a bubbling spring in every home where people are fully awakened to the joy and delight of God's love and creation. So this was where I thought I was totally killing it. I thought with my big asks, I of course had, you know, obviously like emptying out hospitals because people were healed and addictions were gone and families were made whole. And, and when the Holy spirit told me that some of these didn't even require that much faith, I was pissed off. And so as I wrote my big list, I, I was like, how am I going to empty heaven? I wrote and I wrote and I wrote, and I think I landed on the biggest ask, the most important one I could ever ask for. I counted and I wrote almost a hundred big asks in total. And I ended up with the one that I think mattered most. This is where I ended. I asked the Lord 
that everyone who had ever been created would know the name of Jesus, know the face of Jesus and hear his voice and that they would encounter his love and his favor and be forever changed and that they would feel united with him. When I landed there, I sensed Jesus smile at me like he saw me ask for the one thing that can really change a life, his love. I felt, I felt a little dumb that it took an hour to land on basically what Jesus prayed for in John 17. I mean, all a hundred of those big asks, they were good. Okay, some of them were selfish and sort of dumb, but mostly they were holy and sacred things to ask for. And honestly, they are things that I will continue to ask for. But probably only after asking for more of him. This was not a trite exercise. It wasn't a dumb game that the Lord was playing with me. It was an invitation to be in line with his will, to pray in line with his prayers on earth as it is in heaven, and to get me to this place of oneness. He he spoke to me in a way I could hear him. He knows me. He knows what makes me move and he knows what fire to light inside of me. So what do you ask of God? I mean, are there limits to what you can ask? Do you feel like you're inconveniencing God when you ask him for something or does it, does it feel normal? I think that this conversation that God is instigating with us, that he's interrupting with us, interrupting our lives with it, it it connects us to him and he's inviting us in. I love this idea of asking because it gives permission an invitation for your own discovery. And when Jesus asks you a question, it's like, it's like being given a treasure and the question is the key to the lock. And as you open up and discover your own answers, You're given insight into who you are and who you're becoming. Can I just say that I really do believe that that revolutions, that revolts, that our lives get churned upside down. I think that this starts in conversation. I think culture and society and our own internal shifts, they begin when God challenges us to have a new thought and come up into his house and walk around to wonder and dream. So, what is your big ask?
Angels dance as living creatures chant Lilius praise to the land Sing and elders bow, and you can hear the crowns hit the ground and make a sound. And I'm invited in. Yes, I'm invited in.